been a little girl who appears in the meeting. Many of you see it, but in We the People, the article is packed, a little blind girl. In many. And so they, the little girl caught a hold of me and just held on. She was a, a, a little girl, wore glasses, very badly blinded, and she could see shadows, but that's about all I think she could see. I don't know, I beg your pardon, I don't believe she could even see shadows. I, I hardly think she could. Don't remember the case just now, but the night before, a little club-footed baby had been in braces for years, and the Holy Spirit spoke and told them how long, four or five years it had been that way, and what was going to take place. And then the mother walked over there and unlaced the baby, and here come walking across the platform, just an arm on That's where a man in the wheelchair uh, Mrs. Morgan had been uh, the nurse from Mayo's that had been healed with cancer. She's on the dead list. Been dead eight years, they think, but she's still nursing. Well, because the Lord Jesus healed her, and she had been interested in this man. Well, we can give him a prayer card, but to call him in the prayer line, that we cannot, because that we, that has to be sovereignly by God to do that. We just give out the cards each day, newly. And Wherever comes on my mind, I just call some people, and I feel that's what God wants. You see, whatever He chooses that way, it's, no one knows just where it will be. And the brothers that give out the cards, Billy, and sometimes Brother Woods, and sometimes whoever who helps him, they uh, they don't know where it's going to be, and I don't know. Just come choose from there. And each night in the meeting, the poor fellow didn't get it, and he was uh, that was the last night of the meeting, and they packed him and laid him. He was trying to wiggle. He was on his back. And uh, I've seen a vision of the Lord Jesus making him well. So I must, in the vision, I was to go and touch him. I don't know why. It wasn't just obeying what God said do. That's all. And so going down to, to touch him there, there was a man that's all been up with arthritis, that uh, retarded state where his fingers and things become knotty. And passing by, the man... As soon as he was touched, raised up and started jumping up and down and out of his wheelchair they had him sitting in. This other old man kind of touched my clothes or something and went by. Now, you know there's nothing in my coat or clothes to heal. There's nothing about me. It was something where he could rest his face, you see, something that he believed in. And about a week later, the man that was healed out of a wheelchair was driving down the road in his car, and he looked over in the field, and there was a man flying with a tractor. And they recognized each other. The man that was there was one on the stretcher. <laughs> so they jumped out of the car and off the tractor and run over and grabbed one of them and get jumping up and down, praising the Lord. And it was through this healing of this man out of the wheelchair that I was called to pray for King George of England, which he was a, a friend to his private secretary that uh, sent for a pray for him. And the king was healed with multiple scourges. And... Um, he could only, I believe, stand up so long at a time or something. I don't remember. I've got it in writing at home with his seal on it. Now, the little blind girl that night, she received her sight. How the blessed Lord Jesus gave, restored the sight to that little girl was certainly a miraculous thing. And she was so happy about it. And it caused a great stir everywhere. And we the people practiced the the book, it's uh, printed in many languages, one of the greatest, uh, well, it's got articles in there of all of science and of religion and so forth. And then you people of the Assemblies of God, it uh, appeared in your paper also. 
several of the healing magazines packed in. To that, all praise be given to our Lord Jesus, who did it. I heard Brother Bose a few moments ago said people had come from miles away. They have. Perhaps I get letters up there of people from their hotels and things that come from way up in different parts of the country saying, well, we've drove a long ways, we've come in, we brought a sick child, we then testimony, maybe the next day I get another letter that said, the Lord healed it last night, on her own going home happy. And then, so we're grateful for all these things. The Lord be praised. And now I've noticed that the only one wheelchair left at the building, or cot, there's no more. And the lady that told me the other night was healed of something from Mayo Brothers that was seen a vision of her and was healed. And there's a little girl sitting here in a wheelchair. Sister dear, I hope you won't be sitting in that another hour from now. Jesus Christ, have you well enough. I wish there was something that I could do about it, like coming down and making you well. Sister dear, I got a little girl at home, too. She's only eight years old, but I think what if that was her sitting in the wheelchair? I'd be happy if Jesus would heal her. I'd be happy if he healed you. I can only say what he tells me to do. You understand. You pray. I believe it's his will to do it. If your faith can just climb up that far, it'll be over. So, that's one thing we'll never know, how it's sitting in the building and seeing some, maybe see one sitting here hideously uh, afflicted, and one sitting here not too sick, but this afflicted one be healed, and the other sick sitting, and sometimes the afflicted one will sit, and the one that's not so bad off be healed. Here a few nights ago, perhaps maybe the persons here in the building tonight, they're from this uh, institute, uh, big school over here, college, they said they wrote a letter and said, Brother Brandon, we've tried to contact you all over the country for the, a girl that had gone away and was lost for a year or two or something like that, and the FBI would give the girl up as dead or something, she'd left in some kind of a... Oh, I guess dope racket or something she'd been in, went off with some man or something, and that was all was seen ever. And they thought maybe if they could ask me to pray and the Lord would show me a vision what happened. And it was many here from different places. You just think of your own self and think of any word you ever seen or heard anybody else talk of. But what every time when he says what's going to be, it's that way. Every time. So you see it isn't your brother because I'm just, I could, just man. But that day I had so many different things to pray for. There was children sick and afflicted and everything. I thought, my, I went in that night and I prayed until about 11 o'clock. I went into my room and went to bed. I woke up the next morning around 3.30 or 4 and I thought, well, I wonder what he's got me up at this time for. I got up, turned on the light, read a chapter out of the Bible. Waited a little while, and after a while, I started to lay back down, and I looked up, and I seen a young lady come and walk at her. She was dressed in a brown, velvet-looking suit. I guess you call it the coat and skirt part separate, you know. And so she was walking like that, kind of red hair, sandy, dark red hair, attractive-looking girl, rather strong, and she was smiling. She was walking back home. So I recognized that it would be something the Lord wanted. So as soon as it come daylight, we had our, our, my wife, rather, to call a sister who had got the letter, did give no description, 
And she called, and that was the girl. That was her, the descriptions, red-headed, sandy, red hair, and was on her road back home. How marvelous the Lord is. That morning I kept seeing a little baby before me. I called the office, and they read down all the, the list that they hadn't sent up yet. I thought, oh God, where is this baby? I looked over again, got the list at home, read over it, no baby. The only thing I had was a baby about five years old, cancer in both eyes, down in Kentucky. But he kept saying an infant baby. I kept looking, wondering where that baby would be. No vision, but I knew it was there, as an infant baby. And I happen to remember sitting in my tabernacle about two weeks before there, a little girl whispered in my ear, said, pray for my baby sister. I thought, that's the Reverend Leopard's daughter, uh, Baptist evangelist. I'm sure that's who it is. And uh, it told me that. Well, I called, found his name in the phone book and called Reverend Leopard, but he wasn't home. So I called back to my office and the secretary said, well, he married a girl from here in the city by the name of uh, Thompson, I believe it was, or something like Jackson. Uh, Jackson. So he said, she gave me the, her father's name, Thomas Jackson. So I called them and I said, I'm uh, Brother Branham. I said, I don't want you to be, think that I am mentally disturbed. And she said, why, Brother Branham? And I said, well, this morning, for the last two hours, coming from the study, and I said, it's just constantly an infant baby before me. And I said, and as soon as I thought of the little, your little granddaughter that whispered in my ear, the reverend's child, that her baby sister was sick. I said, the Holy Spirit just warned me that that was the baby. And she started weeping. And she said, Brother Brandon, said, sure, I knew you. I, I come to your church. Of course, I'm not there enough to know who does come. She said, I understand. She said, how wonderful of our Lord. Said the baby has been semi-conscious for the last 10 days. Nothing can be done for it. The doctors have given it up. It's in the hospital. And they're giving it blood transfusion this morning. The father and mother of the reason didn't answer is out there for expecting the baby to go at any time. And I know how to give a blood transfusion to a baby. It's from the, vein, the needle in the head here, you see. And it's very looks very painful to the little fellows, but that's where they catch the vein there. And I said, well, I'll wait about an hour until the blood transfusion's over. Then I'll go to the hospital. She started crying. said, Brother Branham, do you think the baby? I said, no doubt at all. The baby will live. I said, I said, I just know that. She said, Oh, Brother Ram, I believe it with all my heart. If you said that, I believe it. I said, Don't say it because I said it. Say it because it's not a vision, but it's a revelation. I know, forgot about the baby, but and God revealed it back. So I said, I'm going to pray for the baby now, and we'll pray for an hour. Then I'll go to the hospital. And friends, well, uh, the hospital could give you a record. The father and mother. I went about an hour later, or maybe an hour and a half later, to the hospital. The mother was standing waiting for me. Great big smile on her face. I said, how did you do? I said, are you Mrs. Leopard, the, the Reverend D.W. Leopard's wife? He, she said, I am. said, you're Brother Brandon. I said, don't you remember me? I said, I believe I've seen you, sister. She said, well, we come up to the church many times. I said, of course, since you've been gone, I know. I said, my husband's preached in your church. And I said, well, I'm thankful for that. And the tears began rolling out of her cheeks. I thought, well, this something must have happened. So she said, Reverend Brandon said, my mother called me just about an hour ago and said she told me what you'd seen and what had happened this morning. 
She said, the baby, I'm here with it. They're expecting it to die at any minute. And said, uh, the doctors don't even know what was wrong with it. Said, one thing, we know it was a diabetic, and it's only five months old. And said, it's a diabetic, and I forget what all they found, but what would make it in that semi-conscious, they didn't know. And said, I talked to my mother, and my mother told me, said, in my heart, I knew my baby would live. Said, when I turned back, it was kicking his heels and gooing and laughing. Said, come look at it. <laughs> so she said, I'm just waiting for the doctor to come to dismiss it, Dr. Roby at Jeffersonville. So I went in there, and the little fellow had his bottle up like his sister drinking. He looked toward me and had a little toothless mouth, <laughs> laughed like that, and put his bottle back in his mouth. His mother tried to pull the bottle away. Oh, no, he got it again. The doctor come in and examined that baby. Said, take it home. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. See? It's better to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. If we Christians would only quieten ourselves, see, I'd be in such on rushing, quieten ourselves, one call from the Lord means more than 10,000 of our own human That's efforts. right. Let us believe him with all of our hearts. He's so lovely. Now, tonight, it's Saturday night. Tomorrow morning, you get up to go to... Can we uh, get the amplifier louder than it is? I wonder, I'm afraid of those that sit behind. That's a little hard for them to hear. The, uh, the engineer, everyone's engineering it. Now, I want you to turn with me tonight to a scripture to read. <coughs> and now, we uh, trust that God will meet with us in his word. Do you believe God is in his word? Amen. Always. Now, usually tomorrow night would be our last night. Usually five nights is what we stay, three to five nights. But we're going on next week, the Lord willing, right on. So we, I want to try to not throw it all into one thing, uh, talk on the Word a while, and uh, relaxes me a whole lot. So now, in the book of Hebrews, the tenth chapter, we wish to read a portion of the Word and just take a full 20, 30 minutes, if God willing, to speak on this. Uh, it's not premeditated, it's just whatever the Holy Spirit will lead for this time. Now, I love the reading of the word, for faith cometh by hearing, and hearing of the word of God. And I love it, because I know it's God's word to us. Paul here, writing, we believe it's Paul, to the Hebrews, reads this. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comer unto perfect. I want to emphasize that perfect. For then would they have not ceased to have been offered, because the worshiper once purged should have no more conscience or desire, is a better translation, of sins. But in those sacrifices there was a remembrance of sin made of sin year every year. Now, the eleventh verse, and every priest standing daily ministering often all times the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. But this man, 
after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, set down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting until his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. We would like to think in the terms tonight of this wonderful letter of the Apostle Paul, as we will believe, it's not determined yet by scholars, just who wrote the book of Hebrews, but believing that it was St. Paul, how he was trying to show, and he was more or less using, his being a typologist here, he was trying to show what the law was a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the very things itself, it was just a shadow. And many times I've heard people quoting the 23rd Psalm and saying, Yea, though I walk through the dark shadows of the valley of death. Uh, if you'll notice, it isn't the dark shadows, it's the shadow. Dark isn't in it. The shadow of the valley of death. Now, it could not be dark and yet have a shadow, for there has to be a certain percent of light before it can be a shadow. If it was perfectly dark, there would be no shadow. So, yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. Now, there has to be enough light to make a shadow. If it was dark in here, my shadow would not be on this pulpit. But then if there's light, then it makes a shadow. See? So, death is dark in a certain way, but it's only a shadow. The valley of the shadow of death. So there has to be a certain amount of light in death to make it a shadow. Aren't you happy that that's so? That there is light in the valley. Someday we're all coming down that way, friends. Every one of us are on a road there tonight. And each time our heartbeat is one time less than it'll ever beat again. It's just got so many beats it's going to make in this journey. Some, it'll make its last beat one of these days. Then we've got to go down to the shadow of death. So we're happy that we have been promised that the morning star would meet us there to light up the valley and give us the uh, light to cross the river. I've got to come that way sometime. That's why I want to put all my life for the Lord Jesus, everything that I can do for Him, and I can only serve Him as I serve His people. You can only love Him as you love each other. I can only love Him as I love you, and you love me, and together we love God, and we become His children, and that's I serve you, you serve me, and that's we're serving God. Jesus said, insomuch as you have done the least of these little ones, you have did it unto me. So if we want a blessing, let's be a blessing to someone else, and a blessing will return. Like casting your bread upon the water, it'll return. And that's true. In all walks of life, you'll find that. You usually reap just as you sow. So let's do good, talk good, and be kind, and 
people talking about us will say good things and kind things and good things will come our way if we'll give them out. Now, Paul speaking here of the valley, or the shadow rather, the law being a shadow of good things to come could never make the worshiper perfect. Then he goes on to show what the perfection is. Now, it's a strange thing that this is so much thought of people. They say, well, I'm weak, my faith is not very much, I'm not a very good Christian. That's just what the devil wants you to say. You're just talking his language right now. See? You must never say that. Don't never let your testimony be negative. Let it be positive all the time. I am saved. I have God in my heart. I believe him with all my heart. Do you believe in divine healing with all of my heart? Let your, your testimony always, your thoughts, everything, never permit a negative thought to come in your mind if you can help it. When it starts there, don't entertain it. Well, you say, I can't help the thoughts from coming. Well, that'll be like the farmer that said he couldn't stop, he couldn't stop the birds from flying over his place. But he can sure stop them from roosting. <laughs> so that's a that's a good thing, you see. You can't help the thoughts when they come, but don't 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 entertain them. Just pass it on. No, sir. Jesus Christ is my Savior. All things are mine by God, and I I'm going to keep them. I'm going to testify of them. And God can only bless you as you confess that He has done it for you. See, He's a high priest of our confession. Is that right? Yeah. Hebrews three. It said it. He is the high priest of our confession. He can only do for us as we accept it and believe it and confess it. Oh, how maybe tomorrow afternoon, if God willing, I want to get around to something that's on my mind so strong right now on how to receive the Lord Jesus. But maybe that'll be better in the Sunday school lesson tomorrow afternoon. Tonight we want to talk on the, the law. Now, under the Old Testament, Many think that the law or the, that the shedding of the blood began and the law, but the sacrifice for sin was before the law. And as soon as they were brought out of the Garden of Eden, Abel offered to God a lamb, which was in type the Lord Jesus. Now Abel went and got his lamb, wrapped a rope, or not a rope, perhaps in them days they didn't know what hemp was, I guess, to make a rope out of, but maybe say a grapevine around the little lamb's neck and drug it up to the altar. Rock laid it down, beat its little throat with a rock until the blood began to bathe its little wool and it blatant and dying. Did you ever hear a lamb dying? Oh, it's the most pathetic thing you ever heard. And that little lamb dying there was typifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it would seem strange that, did you ever notice in the Scripture? Jesus was led away. Did you ever notice why, wonder why he wasn't born in a house and in a cradle like a little baby is? He was born in a barn, a stable. Lambs are not born in cradles, they're born in stables. He was the Lamb of God. And they let, Abel led his lamb and Christ was led away. The lamb being led to the slaughter. And as uh, Abel sacrificed and tight the lamb at the altar and the beating of its neck, its little 
blood as his veins pushing out and the blood spraying over his little body and his white wool becoming bathed red and it blading, blading, blading as it got weaker until it finally stopped quivering and died. It typified the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary, wounded, his locks full of blood dripping over his body and crying in a language that could only be interpreted by spiritual interpretation, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? He died speaking in tongues, Jesus did. He was a lamb, speaking a language like Abel, lamb, he could not understand the crucifier of the lamb, Abel, could not understand what his lamb was saying, and neither could the crucifiers understand what the Lamb of God was saying. That's right. But by interpretation, it was, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All in types that lasted through the years. And in the Old Testament, if a man done anything wrong, he had to come under the, the blood to be justified again. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. How beautiful, how striking that comes to us today. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. No matter what church you belong to, what denomination, what organization, how good a father or mother you had, it's an individual affair that every man or woman today in order to be saved doesn't have to study theology. They don't have to learn any certain kind of prayers. The only thing they have to do is accept the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that's been prepared. Then through the shedding of blood, there comes remission of sins, or sins remitted. Now, in the Old Testament, a beautiful picture of a sinner coming to offer for himself a sacrifice. He had to find, we know all in type, how it must be a lamb without a blemish. It must be brought from the, the, uh, the sin offering was, had to be from the first sheep, the first sheep from the old mother, Yo. And it must be without blemish, and it must be brought up and sacrificed, die for the sins of the people. Notice, then, if the man who done something evil, committing adultery, took the Lord's name in vain or broke the commandments, he brought the lamb to the, to the priest. And now the first, the lamb was washed and so forth typifying water baptism. Then he brought the lamb up, and he confessed his sins before the priest, what he had done, the evil that he had did. And then the priest, the note was made of that, and was put on the book. If that man done that same sin two times in a year, he'd die without mercy. If he was caught committing adultery, and the lamb was offered once, while the sin offering at the sprinkle of the mercy seat was atoning for him, then he could not offer another lamb for that. Hebrews, the tenth chapter, said, He that despised Moses' law 
died without mercy under two or three witnesses. And the sixth chapter said, counting the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified with an unholy thing and done despite to the works of grace. They couldn't do it. It must be once for all until another lamb was killed at the end of the year. Now, I might ask you this way. I want you to consider this. In the 10th chapter of Hebrews, about the 40th verse somewhere there, I want to ask you if you ever did think or hear people speak on what the unpardonable sin was. I used to be told by my mother that the unpardonable sin was a abortion case. In other words, a woman that would get rid of her babies before they were born, taking the life of the children before they even had a chance. And that was the unpardonable sin. But that, I believed that for years because I was told that by my mother. She only took it by, uh, she was not a Christian at the time. And so she just took it for granted that that's what it was. It was doing that. Others said it was committing uh, murder. A man that murdered could not be forgiven for it. After reading the Bible for myself, I find out that taking human life is forgiven. I remember a lady. That's a horrible thing. Here not long ago, a woman come to my house. She said, Reverend Branham, I'm going crazy. I said, what's the matter? She told me of the little baby's lives that she had took of her own before that they were born or even matured, time for deliverance. And she said, I, every time I get to myself that I can hear babies crying in my ears. And she said, every time I sit down to write a letter or something, I can see a little cold hands running through my hair. As you sow, so shall you reap. Remember that. Live right. Live upright. Confess your wrongs before God. Then get out of that way and walk like men and women Servants of God are to walk and live. But still, that is not the unpardonable sin. Jesus said, when he was here on earth, they brought to him one day a bunch of men, and they said, he casts out devils to Beelzebub, the prince of the devil. And Jesus said, you can speak a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven you. But whosoever speaketh a word against the Holy Ghost right. will not be forgiven right. in this world or the world to come. Whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, for they were calling, see, the atonement, the blood cell, as I'll get to after a bit, was not bursted yet, so it could be forgiven then. The Holy Spirit had not pierced itself from this blood cell. But after once, Coming from there, it's the unpardonable. Now, Paul picks it up also in Hebrews 10, 40, I believe it is, and said, If we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a fearful looking for the fiery indignation. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three no matter who he was. Yeah, How much more sore punishment, though worthy minister, whoever he may be, that's trod the blood of Jesus Christ under his feet, 
and counted the covenant wherewith he was sanctified with an unholy thing, doing despite to the works of grace. I'm quoting scripture. Let's go back to begin now. For if we sin willfully, after we received a knowledge of the truth, now I realize there may be a two dozen ministers sitting here tonight, perhaps are, of different phases of faith. I want to ask you this, my dear brethren. What is sin? If we can find out what sin is, then we can understand what it is if we do it willfully. Smoking, drinking, committing adultery, living lasciviously, those things are not sin. They are the attributes of sin. That's right. Amen. You do that because you are a sinner. I'm not a legalistic, neither am I an Armenian or a Calvinist, but I believe that each one had a doctrine, but they run off on the deep side of it. They just stayed with that and didn't balance the thing up. There's a highway and a way, and the way is the road. A highway has a postway over here and a postway over there, but in the middle of this highway comes a road. You can, over, you can be in a highway and be in a gutter. But get in the way. Isaiah said, there shall be a highway and a way. And is a conjunction which brings the highway down to a way. And here's where you travel is in the way. That's where smooth running is in the way. You remember how they call it the way in the Bible? All that was found in this way. It was called a way. Notice. Now. He that sins willfully, now sin is bottled to this. There's two elements. One of them is faith. The other is unbelief. And unbelief is sin. That's the only sin there is, is unbelief. Think of it. Unbelief. Jesus said in Matthew, St. John 3, he said, He that believeth not is condemned already. See? You don't have a chance. Now, there's no halfway Christians. You're either a believer or not a believer. Now, that belief. What is belief? What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, if you believe, you live the life of righteousness. If you do not believe, you can live a halfway life or a hypocrisy, in other words, plainly hypocrite, or you can, uh, you can make believe, pretend you are. But if you're really a believer, God has made a way that you'll know you're a believer. Now, Jesus said himself, these Signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out evil spirits, heal the sick, and so forth. Now, if this is presented to you, now look, for it is impossible, see, for those who were once enlightened, made partakers of the Holy Ghost, to fall away again, for if we sin, disbelieve, willfully, let it soak. If we disbelieve 
willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. If the truth of the gospel has been presented to you in such a way that you have to see it, and because of uh, popularity or something else that you turn your back to it and walk away and don't want to see it, there's where you cross the line. For he that disbelieves willfully, after he has received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Now, good. The believer comes, believing, brought his lamb, and laid it down. He confessed his sin. What a beautiful type here. Then the priest cut his throat, and the believer laid his hands on the dying lamb. And while he held it, and see the little fellow kicking, his blood spurting, his little head jerking, and the little fellow trying to blate, and the juggler vein cut his throat, has he bladed, dying, quivering, sniffing out. The sinner looked up to God and said, that should be me. But I'm offering you this lamb, and it's dying in my stead, knowing that he was guilty of transgressing God's laws. Therefore, he must die. For the day you eat thereof, that day you die. And when he confessed his sins, and an innocent lamb took his place, he realized with his hands laying on that lamb, feeling it dying in his place, in his conscience, he knew that he was guilty. And the lamb was innocent, but an innocent substitute took his place. Then if he despised that or done disgrace to it, for the end of that year, he'd die without mercy. Now, a beautiful type of the believer today, coming, believing, laying his hands upon Christ's head. There at the altar or in his seat, wherever he meets Christ, laying his hands upon him at Calvary and realizing that all that agony and suffering belongs to you. Yes. And in your soul, deep regret and sorrow comes with your hands upon him. You're changed. You'll never be the same. It's taken the condemnation away from you. He, under the law, being a shadow, the man went away justified, but still with the same desire. Let's say he was uh, caught committing adultery, and he offered a lamb, and the lamb died in his stead. He went right back out of the building with the same desire in his heart he come in with. For the blood of bulls and goats, says the Scripture, would not take away sin. For it was only a type or a shadow of good things to come. Because the life in the blood cell of the dying animal, the substitute, was only the life of an animal. But in this case, here it is. In this case, it was not only the life of human, but it was the life of God. God, the perfect one, who came into the womb of the virgin in the form of the Holy Spirit, 
the Creator Himself, bottling Himself up in a blood cell. He had no earthly father. Mary was not touched by man. She was a virgin. And God Himself overshadowed her. Or otherwise, the Macklin conception that God Himself created a blood cell. And life comes from the male, not from the female. The female is the incubator. But life comes from the male. And if life comes from the male, and God was a male in this place, the Holy Spirit, God Himself, come down into the womb of a woman and formed around Him a blood cell. Oh, my! Believe that much what happened to your blinded eye. Believe that much what happened to your cancer. This blood cell that God got in there Himself and created, like He did the first cell, and created Himself a cell. It began to spring forth life and brought forth the Son, Christ Jesus. And when a Roman spear by sin and condemnation pierced his sacred heart at the cross, broke that blood cell to a spring, tearing down the middle wall of petition and bringing the believer into the body of his own being through the shedding of the blood. Now, the blood could not be perfect by an animal, but the blood in Christ was perfect. Now, I will never be perfect, and you will never be perfect. I will never be perfect in your sight. You will never be perfect in my sight. But let's lay that aside. What about in God's sight? I look at you as a human. I look at you as a brother. But God looks at you through the blood of His Son as a redeemed one. Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And not what you've done, you have nothing to merit it. But it's what Christ did for you. Oh, do you see it? For by if these offerings would have continued, why well, we would have not needed any more sacrifice. But for the worshiper, once purged, that, that sank way down deep, the worshiper, once purged, would have no more conscience or desire of sin. If he's really purged. You know what purging anything is? If it has been purged, the believer, once purged, has no more desire of sin. It should be. So therefore, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't do that for the life that come out of the blood cell from the goats and the sheep and the burning sacrifice was a life that went to meet Creator as an animal creation. But the life that came from the blood cell of the Son of God was none other than God Himself, who had come down and was in Christ, reconciled the world to Himself. The great Jehovah. There it was human, not human life. It was, it was God's life. The Bible said we are saved by the blood of God. 
for there's no other male. But God and God's the Spirit, it couldn't have been actually sexual. It had to come supernatural. That's why his church today believes in the supernatural. And a man that's ever confessed his sin standing, laying his hands on the head of the dying lamb, Christ, and looked to Calvary, can never be the same no more. Right. Far by one sacrifice, Hebrews 10, 14, for by one sacrifice he hath perfected forever those that are sanctified, are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Sit, sinner, and look at it. You certainly don't try to get better. You can't get any better. Just come the way you are. No matter what you do, you can never merit nothing. The only thing that you can do is to believe on him that justifies the ungodly. When you do that, you're saved. Oh, what a change! And my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Now I shall go there to dwell in that city above since Jesus came into my heart. What a difference it's made! It stoops to the lowest, to the prostitute. It goes to the drunkard, to the gambler, to the millionaire, to the aristocrat, to the church member. Whosoever will, let him come and drink from the fountain of the water of life freely. Watching God's great plan, Jesus being the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, before the great thought become a word, God perceived, pre-thought these things before the foundation of the world. Look in the Garden of Eden. God never put us here to die. He put us here to live. He never put us here to have funeral services. He put us here to be happy children, to rejoice forevermore. And even though sin marred the picture, the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ cleanses it. You know what the blood of Christ does to confess sin? Did you ever take you women? Could you imagine having a wash tub full of bleach and take a little eyedropper full of ink and you drop it this ink down into this wash tub full of bleach? What happens to the ink? The ink becomes bleach. What happens? It doesn't hurt the bleach a bit. It just takes on and becomes bleach. That's what confessed sin does. When it's confessed upon the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, it changes its color and becomes righteousness. For you're willing to acknowledge it and accept God's provided way for you to be saved. Nothing like it, friends. No wonder the old Salvation Army used to sing the song. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not joining church, starting a new thing, or reading once in a while some literature or something. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I think of it tonight. Think of the redeeming song 
through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. It's grace that's brought me safe this far. Grace will take me on. Back in the Garden of Eden, a picture here before you just for a moment. Look at God's little children, Adam and Eve, running around in the garden. Lovely, no sickness, no heartache, nothing to harm or destroy, never to get old. When Adam woke up that morning, when God taken from his side the rib and made a woman, I know the Grecian artists and different artists of the world paint the picture of Eve, a horrible-looking beast. That's wrong. Only common, everyday knowledge will let you know different from that. No one admires anyone that looks like that. Though they might look like that, he can't help it. They feel sorry for them. But I believe that Eve was the most beautiful woman that God ever put on the earth. I can see her setting there in her eyes as blue as the stars above. The sky sparkled. Her long hair hanging down her back, the most perfect-looking woman ever was on earth. There she is. God give Adam the best that he could. Adam took her by the arm, said she's flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. And there, standing arm to arm in the Garden of Eden, Almighty God performed the first ceremony with ever married a couple. They could be done by some drunken magistrate. It's a holy and sacred thing. Right. right. God performed the first one. together again in their perfection. God's holiness, God's perfection. Now what happened? Sin came in. And as soon as sin come in, what happened? It spoiled God's picture. What a horrible thing it was. Then I want you to notice, Adam, to show the strain of man, as soon as Adam realized that he had sinned, instead of coming out and confessing it, you know what he done? He run and hid. And that's the way man does today. That's the way individuals do today. They run and hide from God instead of coming and confessing their sins. That's what man ought to do everywhere now, is come and confess their sins instead of trying to hide it. Don't you believe it? But what is it? A strain? They still do it. Notice. Then God, going through the garden of Edom, Adam, Adam, where art thou? What took place? Adam hid. Although he made himself an apron and he'd put on to stand before God, it wouldn't work when he stood before God. Now, God, in order to get Adam back to himself again so he could talk to him, God went out and got some skins and made aprons. Is that right? Now, if he got skins, Something died to get skin. See, it had to be substitution there. Something had to substitute the guilty man's place. 
And that was that lamb that he killed out there was Christ Jesus, speaking in a figure. And there he brought the lamb skins, told them back into the bushes, and Adam and Eve put them on. Here they come out to stand before Father God. Looky here now. Look at this picture. I want you, especially outside of Christ tonight, to look at this. There they are. They're condemned. Standing there. God said to Adam, why did you do this? And it's all man trying to pass from one to another. The woman you give me, the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, handed from one to the other. Then look what God said. I can see great Jehovah, that whirl of light in the top of them bushes talking to Adam and Eve. Look at this. And he said, because they had did that, said, serpent, off comes your legs. Up on your belly you'll go all your life. Be hated, dust shall be your meat. Cursed be the ground, Adam. Thorns and thistles will come, and you have to till with sorrow, and by the sweat of your brow you'll make your living. And because I took you out of the dust, dust shalt thou return. And woman, because you took life out of the world, you'll have to bring life in the world. I'll multiply your sorrows and your desire shall be to your husband, and so forth. All those things, he could not stand them in his sight no more. Sin! Now let's look at this pretty little couple. Adam, with his great manly shoulders, his shaggy hair hanging around his neck. Eve, maybe her blonde hair hanging down her back, her eyes blue. Adam there now, his great muscled body was quivering and shaking. What something happened. I noticed as it ropes down his cheeks here. Tears, mortal now, he's asked to die. Tears dropping off of his cheeks onto Eve's head. Mixing with hers as it runs down across her body. Sin, the horrible thing. God said, depart. And notice. I can see them as they walk out to the Garden of Eden, out of the presence of God. Look at it as they go there, that great strong manly muscles in his legs as he starts moving away. The tears are rolling from his cheeks. Little Eve with her arm around him, him with her arm around Eve, crying as they go walking out away from the presence of God. Every sinner will do the same thing, departing out of his presence. Then, as they started walking in that way, notice, I can just hear them old sheepskins as they're bouncing against Adam's big legs going, as they slap against his legs as he's going, walking away, going out, departing from God. Then I can hear God, all the great eternity, which makes him up, all space, all life. I can see that all come down to four letters. L-O-V-E. That's the only pain, the only hope that we have tonight is in the love of God. No wonder the poet said, Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how fabulous and strong it shall forever. Saints and angels' songs. You just can't write out or measure by anything what a love of God really means. It was bought there in the Garden of Eden by love. He said, I'll put enmity between her seed and the serpent's seed. He would 
bruised. He, the serpent's head, and the serpent's head would bruise. It's healed. Let's change our picture for a few minutes. Let's take 4,000 years later. Let's get in Jerusalem. It's the morning. It's about 8 o'clock. I hear a noise outside. We're all talking. What's going on? Oh, a great bunch of carrying on, some hissing, some crying, some mocking. Let's go pull the shade back and look out, see what's out there. Well, look, coming down the street, there comes a man. And he's got a two malefactors following him. He's got a cross on his back. Well, who is that? I say to you, my company in the upstairs. They say, that's that Jesus of Nazareth, that imposter, that divine healer, that one who troubles our churches and makes trouble with them, teaches things that the priests don't believe in. That's him. They're taking the Calvary. They're going to crucify him. Those big old cobblestones as he went out the gate, that cross bumping up and down on his shoulder. And as he took him out along, I noticed he had one robe. It was woven throughout without seam, and all over that robe comes little bitty red dots. Is it speckled? Is that its natural color? No, it was white. Why are those little speckled dots? Let's watch them. As he goes on towards Calvary, them little dots begin to get bigger, bigger, bigger. And after a while, they all run into one big red splash. What is it? Blood. And as he starts up Calvary there, I can hear something going. What is it? The second Adam, the Redeemer, the blood of the righteous one, bleeding for the sinner to cover up our sins, and we spit it back to him. We wag our heads and said, I'll have my own way about religion. I've got my own religion. I don't have to have that stuff. Without that, you're lost. Without hope, without God, without Christ in the world, dying, going to a sinner's grave and a devil's hell. Without that, God made a preparation for you. I can see him going up the hill, packing that cross. His little weak body staggering as he went up the hill. The first thing you know, it was whirling around him. Death was biting at him hard. And he's moving on with a cross on his back, moving towards Calvary yonder. What? Because he had to? No, because love drove him to it. There, think of it. They said he saved himself, others. He saved the others himself. He cannot save. That was a compliment. He couldn't save others and himself. Did you ever think of it? He was the Father. Amen. He was Father God as a sacrifice. That's the reason I love that song, brother. When you try to make him just a prophet, he was more than a prophet. He was God manifested in flesh. Why couldn't he? He said he could get twelve legions of angels. Why did he call him? He couldn't. That's the reason his own children was crying for his blood. Could you imagine your own children screaming for your blood? If he condemned them, he condemned his own children. He said, I won't condemn you before the Father. He said, you've got one that condemns you and accused you before God. That was Moses. And you believe in him. He didn't condemn him. He said, forgive him, Father. They don't know what they're doing. 
And I can see that sting of death biting around him like a bee, stinging at him there, stinging at him there. He was dying a malefactor. He knew no sin, but yet all the sins of the world was upon him. Every stain of sin, every punishment for sin, every teardrop, every heartache, every disappointment was resting upon his shoulders. That stain going around, why was he God? He had to be made flesh in order to take the sting of death. You know, a bee, you know what a bee is? A bee has got a stinger, and that bee can sting. But if that bee ever once anchors that stinger, that's the end of the sting. When he pulls away, he leaves the stinger. And death had a sting into it and a fear until that time. But when that bee of death stung Jesus Christ, God made flesh, he anchored the stain of death. And the bee has no more sting in it now. Death cannot sting a believer. No wonder St. Paul said, Oh, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. The law having a shed of good things to come. Every lamb that died under the law was pardoned to the Lamb of God at Calvary. And through the power of the resurrection of deity itself, raised up his body for it was not possible that it should be a whole of it. For David said in the Spirit, I'll not leave my Holy One see corruption, neither will I leave his soul in hell. So he rose up on the third day for our justification, promising the promise of the Father, I'll send the Holy Ghost upon you, which will abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth who the world cannot receive. And tonight, the blessed Holy Spirit is in this building tonight. In the power of the resurrection of the antitype of every lamb that died even from the Garden of Eden. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ dying for sinners, dying for sickness. God be blessed forever for His mercy and His goodness. He's the same God, sister, that can heal you them very quiet veins sitting there. you believe that? Would you accept it? Well, then stand up on your feet and get healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb of God. Take away the sin of the world. God is no respecter of persons. There sits an old woman sitting there, an old Christian. Colored woman looking at me. As you might say, an illiterate colored woman. But the grace of God is with her. She's got a cancer on her right breast of trouble. That right lady sitting right there. You believe that God will heal you of that cancer? That trouble in your breast? You believe it with all your heart? Do you think there's another one sitting right behind her there? That has a nose and mouth trouble? You believe God will make you well of it? The only thing you have to do is to receive the Lord Jesus Christ believe Him with all your heart. You shall have anything that you ask for. Christ, the lovely one, has raised from the dead. He's here tonight. What is this in yours doing these things? 
Why is it every night that knows the secrets of the heart can call the people from the audience when now it's just hanging over here like a milky stream? What is it? It's that life that was in the blood cell that was brought over to Calvary. A fountain filled with blood. God from Emmanuel's veins when sinners plunge beneath the blood lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his days. There may I go vile as he wash all my sins away. Faith, I saw that stream, his flowing wounds supplied. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Yeah. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave. Oh, sinner friend, backslider. Lukewarm. It's never been through the blood yet. Don't you want to come tonight? There's a fountain open right now for you. Wouldn't you like to come if Almighty God can stand at this here and take a poor, ignorant plowboy? Hardly know my ABC. Have to practice reading the Bible before I come to the pulpit. But yet with a submissive heart to him who loves me, he'll Throw his power out there to that same channel. Make the blind to see and the deaf to hear and the lame to walk and prove his holy spirit work in the same form that he did when he here because I believe him and love him. You believe that he'll save you tonight while we bow our heads. Almighty God, have mercy tonight, Father, upon the needy here. Grant it, Lord, to Jesus' name. Many here sick and afflicted. We pray that you'll heal them. Lord, there's many here that's lost. Oh, spiritually sick. They've just jumped around from church to church and from place to place and trying to find peace, trying to overcome. Looks like they just can't do it. Let them catch this. Here in the chair tonight, pulled inside that blood cell with God alone steel there. They're chasing around them by the Holy Spirit. Grant it, Lord. With our heads bowed, I wonder if there's a sinner, man or woman in here that would raise your hand and say, Brother Branham, pray for me. I want to come in that blood cell with the Lord Jesus. God bless you and you and you and you all hands are going everywhere. Now, over on my right hand side with somebody over here, raise your hands and say, remember me. God bless you. God bless you. Someone lukewarm and indifferent. Would you raise your hand and say, Brother Bram, I've always wanted to live a real true Christian life. Will you raise your hand and say, pray for me, brother. Oh, God bless you. I'll, now, with your heads bowed, everyone reverent, if you will. Everyone, if you believe that God standing here seeing, I'm just your brother. I love you. That's why I'm here tonight. That's what I'm doing here. I'm not trying to get you to join some church. I'm wanting you to come to this, what I know is true. Go to any church you want to, but I want you to really be saved. I want you to come to that, that spray. And we're once locked in there with Jesus Christ, for he has perfected forever them which has come through the blood spray into the body of Christ. Would you just, them that desires prayer now, would you stand to your feet? Those who desire prayer for such, would you just stand to your feet everywhere? Sinners, would you stand up just for a word of prayer? Let everyone keep their heads bowed, but those who are standing, 
Just you stand and say, by this I say, I want God to be merciful to me, a sinner. Would you stand everywhere? That's right. That's right. Everyone in prayer now that's not sinners, all Christians born again in prayer, God bless you. See elderly people getting up gray-headed, young people, black, shiny hair, little children, young ladies, elderly people everywhere, accepting Jesus Christ, that Savior. Don't you thank the great Holy Spirit you're looking down upon this just now? Don't he know this to be his will? You that's kind of lukewarm now and don't have never been just settled in your life, in your heart about Jesus. You want to really, you believe that God will hear my prayer for the sick. Surely he'll hear it for the sinners then. Would you just stand to your feet and say, by this, Lord Jesus, you know my heart. I want to be born again. I really want to come through the blood of thy son, the Lord Jesus, tonight and be filled with his spirit inside the body of Christ. I'm coming through the blood cell. And Lord, by faith, I raise up now to accept it. Will you do it? Will you stand to your feet right now for this word of prayer? God bless you. Just remain standing, each one of you. I'm now accepting you, Lord Jesus. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word of God. This is the word of God, the best that I know how to, to bring it to you in my poor, humble way, that God so loved the world, he gave his son. And he gave his son and he died at Calvary. And the blood was brought from his body to redeem you, a sinner, bringing you back to the fellowship of the Father. God bless you. Is there one more would like to stand with this great, massive group that's standing now for prayer? One more. Would you do it while we have her? That God bless you, brother. I just feel there's some more. That's right. God bless you. God bless you, sister. God bless you. That's right. I'm not a fanatic, people. I've tried to prove that to you. God has surely. Uh, I'm not a fanatic, but I do feel that maybe there's others in here who would like to stand up. Don't you say, well, I've stood before. Just do it once more, will you? Just stand up this time and say, Lord, be merciful to me. God bless you. God bless you. Father, be merciful now. Will you grant it, Lord? Just keep standing. Just keep standing everywhere that wants to be remembered in prayer. Now, while we're just bringing this part of the service to close, stand. All right, now you have your heads bowed. Our kind Heavenly Father, I pray for divine mercy upon these now who is accepting you as their Savior. Oh God, if you can look out in this audience and see people's diseases and, their, and who they are, <laughs> thou art speaking now to hearts in here. You see these who are standing. See those who should stand. Father, just speak the word to them, will you? Forgive them of every sin and trespass. May the blood of thy beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, cleanse them right now from all unrighteousness. And may they be humbly and lovely saved for your glory. Now, with our heads bowed, the organ will play just softly some song just for a moment.
watching that line as it's moving across the people. What's it doing? Sure, it's getting the stake, speaking to people's hearts. What he could do just at this time if the church was just only ready. Some more has come since I started talking. Is there some more? Just a moment for the word of prayer. They want to be born again. They're here to accept the lovely Lord Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. All right. Father, we pray now that you will bless these people while they're standing reverent here at the altar, confessing all their wrongs and giving thanks to you for forgiving them. Father, you're under obligation to your word. You said, whosoever will, let him come, let him come. And no man can come except my Father draws him. And all that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I'll give them everlasting life and raise them up to the last day. Your word speaks to that way, Father. I know you give them everlasting life and we're grateful to thee. Now, Father, move up on the audience while our brothers sing and the people are praying. In Jesus' name, be in prayer while we sing this next verse. For the glory of God the Father and for the representation of his Son, Jesus. I now take every spirit in here under my control for God's glory. Now you just come up here, if you will, lady. We're first tonight to be talking to, and it was um, it was making it pretty rough the first person. <laughs> so it um, that way. Why well, sometimes it takes me a little bit of time before I. It starts to annoy me. I'm just a man. You, you're aware of that. Yes. Uh, I'm just a man. But he is the Lord. Now, if he was standing here and you had something that you needed or desired, now, if it's anything that belongs into the atonement, and what belongs into the atonement? Anything you have need of. For he fulfilled everything that we lost in, in Adam. He fulfilled it in his vicarious suffering at Calvary. Therefore, he paid the full price. Now, everything, he said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall have it. Now, if he was here and was talking to you, the only thing that he could do now tonight, if you'd say, well, maybe you say, I have need, I'm about to lose my home, and i am got to have some money for my home. Well, he'd tell you, do you believe it? Yes. And he'd tell you, if you believe it, you'll get it. If you say, well, I have been so mistreated and my enemies are, are overwhelming me or something like that, he'd say, forgive them and they'll come to you. But what if it was a disease or maybe something wrong in your life, some immoral act or something? You'd know it. But as far if it was for healing, he could tell you what was wrong with you, but he couldn't heal you because he's already did that. You understand that? That's right. Well, then, if he's, if he's here... I believe he is, then he'll surely answer in the same manner one. You believe that, Christian? Uh, just don't be in any hurry. See, just be reverent. The woman is really sick. For there's a dark shadow hangs between me and her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
You're ready for an operation, aren't you? That's for tumors. It's under your arm. Serious. Only God can help you. That is the truth, isn't it? Can you believe now that he's sure to help you? Let's bow our heads. Father God, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, I lay my hands here for a knife is to rip. It would fail to find the little place, the last of it. Satan would come right back like a roaring lion. But you know right where it's at, it's exposed right here at the platform. Almighty, graceful God, spare the life of this woman, will you please, Father? As she knows that she's standing here in the presence of something that knows her, that you, God, hear the prayer of your servant. It's been said in the Bible, the affectional, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Just look at the men and women in here praying for her at this time. Oh, God, please, in Jesus' name, spare her life and let her live. And we'll praise thee for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. Go ahead. How do you do, lady? Now it's a little different. The lady there was to be first just in a few moments when she realized that it was where she was standing. You could tell the effects it had on her. You can realize it now, that it's not your brother. I'm just a man. I have never seen you in my life. Perhaps you've never seen me. We're just strangers to each other. Isn't that right? If God will help me and will tell me what you're here for, if you're suffering or whatever it is, if he'll just reveal that to me, will you accept him as your healer? That's all I could do with the divine gift. Will the rest of you out there say, I'll, this woman, this is our first meeting time, is it, lady? That's true, isn't it? That is true. We know nothing of each other, no contact, no nothing. We're just total strangers. And here we are meeting. Now look, <coughs> friends. Can't you, you understand what this, what I mean? Now, there's something has to be here. Some way I have to have of knowing about this woman. If anything is said, I can't do it. I'm just a man. There she looks like a healthy woman. It may not even be her health for all I know. But, and again, it may be. I don't know. But if the Holy Spirit will come and just say to her, now as far as healer, if it's sickness, I couldn't do it. I have no power to do it. No one else does. It'll have to come from God. Now, you believe that this is his word, don't you? You believe that he raised from the dead, don't you? You believe that he said the things I did, so will you. He said, I do nothing till the Father shows me. And the very things that he did would be standing here tonight, as far as if it's sickness, the healer. He couldn't. He's already. The only thing he could do would be just some way to get her to believe it. Is that right? How many knows that to be true? Just some way to get her to accept what he has done for her. Well, then, if it would be for this woman, 
wouldn't it be for the rest of you out there also? Just the same? That's all he wants you to do is believe. That's all I'm trying to get you to do is believe. Preacher wants you to believe because he's preaching the word. I, by this divine gift which was given sovereignly by God at my birth, all my life it's been that way perfect every time. So don't you see it's God trying to get you to believe. I hope you see it, my lovely children. Now, between me and the woman, I see her moving in a kitchen or something. It's at a table. She can't eat. She's got stomach trouble. That is right. Now, isn't that right what he said? Now, if he's here a stranger and know all know what was your trouble, isn't that enough to make you believe? Is that enough to make you all believe? But now, see, now if I talked to the woman longer, he'd tell me probably something about her young life or something like that. Just see, would you all not to, if God will, see, if I could say he would, but if he would, would it just doubly encourage you? If it would, just raise your hand and say, it just doubly encourage me. Now, may God grant it. I can't say he will. I just want to talk to you. What was it was wrong with you? What did he? A stomach trouble. Yes, a stomach trouble. Well, then, if he... Uh, heals your stomach of the disease in your stomach. He is wonderful, isn't he? He's, he's lovely. And uh, do you love him? He's just wonderful, isn't he? The lovely Lord Jesus. And we're looking to him now. When the woman at the well stood and talked to Jesus, he carried the course. He said, bring me a drink. And she said, well, it's not customary, Jewish. And what are you descent to? Spanish? Mexican? I thought so. And he said, uh, that's something like this then, isn't it? About the same way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, lady, you got a brother that's sick. And he's uh, got some kind of spells or some, oh, heart attack. He holds his heart and he falls. I seen him, I thought it was epilepsy, but his heart spells. He falls with the attacks of his heart. You was talking to him and you're persuading him. You're persuading him to be baptized, to become a full Christian. That is the truth. Father God, to the poor little weeping woman standing here knowing that the Lord Jesus, who we speak of, is present now. Our refuge, our strength, a present help in a time of trouble. God be merciful and grant to her the desire of her heart. Whatever those things was, Lord, it's not correct. Correct them, Father. As your humble servant and your spirit that's on me now with anointing, I lay these hands upon her. And ask the Father God, through Jesus Christ, to grant to her the desire of her heart. Amen. Now, sister, you just have to receive what you've asked for, don't you? You feel you caught a hold of the line now? Just follow it home. Amen. God bless you. Have faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. Amen.
see something moving up and down like this over in here. This keeps moving. It's a tall something. There's somebody mashing something. Oh, it's a, it's a doctor. And he's examining a woman. And she, it's, it's this colored lady sitting right down here. She's suffering with low blood pressure, sitting right down there at, God bless you. Now you can go home, be well. Follow that line as you just stand struck. It'll take you to deliver. Amen. Amen. You believe now? The Lord Jesus, the Son of God, His presence is here. The woman there. See, the only thing you have to have is believe. See, not me. I've never seen the woman in my life. I don't know nothing about her. God knows that. But her faith contacted the Spirit. See? And what did it do? Just the same as the woman had a blood issue. Turned around in the audience and said, Thy faith has saved thee. That's it. God bless you. Just have faith. The Lord bless you, lady. Lord, be merciful unto you is my sincere prayer. We are strangers to each other, I suppose. We are. And you believe that the Lord Jesus is just the way I represent him there in the Bible, and he raised from the dead, and the lovely Son of God. You believe it with all your heart. If the Lord Jesus will reveal to me what is your trouble, then will you accept him as the healer of the trouble? If it is that, will you do it? You will. God bless you, mother. Which you are a mother. You are. Now your life could not be hid. See? I have contact with your spirit in your life. And you're here for me to pray for you with a high blood pressure. You had high blood pressure. And you got something, and I see him looking at your knees. It's, uh, the, uh, it's the water from under the kneecaps is out. Yes. That's right. Isn't it? Yes. Right. Now, if he can reveal that, he can heal you, can he? Sure, yes, ma'am. Certainly can. Isn't he lovely? To help this poor woman? What's he trying to do? Make her believe. Raise up her faith. Be real reverent, everyone, please. Perhaps we'd talk just a moment, Mother. If you want me to talk to you in a minute? All right, I'll talk to you. All right, now I want to ask you something then. If you believe me to be his servant, now you believe that God can speak to me and tell me what you, what, what, what you want, what, what your other desire is. I see what it is right now. Yes, sir? It's for uh, a son or a grandson. It's a grandson. And the boy's real jittery. He's all upset. He, he's, a, he's been in a war. He was in Korea. And he got wounded. 
and he's come home, and he don't have any job, and he's all upset. That's the truth. Yes. Go home. He's going to get his work. You're healed. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Only have faith. You shall get what you ask for. If you don't have faith, you can't have nothing. For with faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, the lady's a stranger to me. Is that right, lady? We're Please be as reverent as you can. We'll close in a few minutes. I don't want to bore you with long meetings, but I'm trying to take my time on these people to see if it'll build faith in the audience. Don't move around. Please don't. See? Spirit is setting, coming from one place, one place, like this. Then here switching and moving. It just upsets you, you see. It, it, it just makes me weaken that much quicker. Now, just a moment. Now to you, sister. We be strangers to each other. We don't know one another. Never see each other in life. But do you believe that the Lord Jesus is here to help you? Um, you're here for somebody else, mm -hmm. and they don't live here. They're from uh, Duluth, and then you have uh, you you're, you. This person has got arthritis and can't get up. And there's something about a soldier. He he was a soldier. That's what it was. And he he got hurt on a horse, hurt himself. Well, that handkerchief that's in your hand while the Holy Spirit is on you, take that and lay it on. God bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You believe all things are possible? There was something about a soldier a few minutes ago, and there's a soldier there. Now, I thought it was a, that still in, uh, repeating back, and that's the reason I, I watched to see where it was at, that it was, uh, but it was different. A lady sitting there looking at me right there. You have arthritis, don't you, lady? A lady sitting there, a little round thing around her hat on the end of the row there. You want the Jesus to heal you of that? You believe he will with all your heart? The lady sitting next to you has arthritis, too. And you're bothered with something that spits up in your mouth. Oh, it's gall. Yeah, isn't that right? Sure, that's right. Put your arms, your hands on one another there. You all lay your hands on each other. Lord Jesus, thou seest these things. And I pray that you will heal her and make her completely whole, both of them, Father, for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. That lady sitting right back there praying, I see the light standing over your bother with a bladder trouble, lady. You believe you're sitting right, a little brown looking dress on, looking at me right here. That's it. 
You have a bladder trouble, didn't you? I said, didn't you? You don't now. Way back behind you, another lady with a brown coat on has a stomach trouble. She wants to be healed, too. You believe, lady, sitting right on back behind the gentleman there looking at me, right straight back here. Yes, with your hand up, a little green sweater like on. No, over here, sister. Right here. No, stand up, lady. You right here, at the, sitting on the end of the row there. That's right, with your hand up. There's where the lights are standing. Right there. Stand up and accept it right now while you have the chance to accept it. That's right. God bless you. Head ulcerated stomach. It's all gone now. Your faith heals you. God grant you to come closer. See like when you're far back. Little lady sitting right down here where I was pointing right across. I thought it was over her. I see it's over her again. But I see something. It's a lady with her hand up. You put your hand up. Stand up with that red looking hat on. Yes. I thought it was a little lady sitting in front of you, but it's you. Oh, it's gallbladder trouble. That's what it is. Yes, I see it now where he's examined for gallbladder under the rib here where them pains are. That's right. Go ahead home now. Jesus Christ bless you, my sister. Do you believe? If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Have faith. Little lady sitting right down in here with suffering with female trouble. Just have faith in God, lady. That's all you have to do. God will grant your healing. That's right. You. Yes. Stand up on your feet. Now you can go home and be well. God bless you. This lady here was suffering with female trouble, too. That's where them demons is pulling back and forth. You have female trouble. That's right. See, that spirit is moving back and forth. There was somebody out there just then with he with stomach trouble because you had stomach trouble too. That's right. You have an infection, they said in the female glands, the doctor told you. Infection. That's right. See how demons pull into one another? How you can recognize them? Now, here's the thing you need worse than all. You need Jesus as your Savior because you're not a Christian. You're an unbeliever. Not an unbeliever, but you're, you're not a Christian. Will you now accept him knowing that you're standing in his presence? Will you now accept him as Savior? God is this wandering child coming home tonight. This affliction laid here to bring her to the foot of the cross. And now, Lord, forgive her of every sin, healer of the diseases of her body, that she might be made well. May this blessing come on her, Father, and all sins remitted now, all habits gone, and may she be made completely whole.
as I bless her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Your sins forgiven you now. Go rejoicing and being happy. Believe with all your heart. Amen. Now be reverent, please. Sister, up here just a minute. You believe with all your heart. Well, your nervousness is gone now. You can go home. You feel quiet now, don't you? <laughs> You're healed. Jesus has made you well. Mother, would you like to get all that old diabetes so you can really live right again and feel good? You believe Jesus is going to heal you? If I lay my hands on him and ask, will, he, will you get him? Of course, you see this eczema are breaking out, but that's the main thing, the hidden thing, is the diabetes. Lord Jesus, grant the request of our sister in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Have faith now. Go believing with all your heart, and you shall get what you ask. Come, brother. You believe me? The cross that you have hanging on you, the crucifix of the Lord Jesus, hangs exactly where your trouble is, your stomach. I believe what you want. <laughs> Ladies, trouble of weakness, and you have diabetes also. You believe Jesus makes you well? God bless you. Then go and may the Lord Jesus bless you. Your trouble's in your throat. It's an asthmatic condition causes you to cough, can't lay down, have to set up. You believe he heals you? Almighty God grants the blessings to this girl in Jesus' name. You believe your kitty trouble and he bless you when he's sitting there? God bless you. You think you can quit taking insulin and think the Lord's made you well? Heart trouble, nothing's hard for God, is it? He can just heal all kinds of diseases. God bless you. Just go on your own rejoicing. Being happy. And you had the same thing. So just keep moving. God made you well. And he'll make every person well in this building right now if you'll believe it. Will you believe it? Stand to your feet just a minute. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. The crisis is on. The battle is on. Raise up your hands and touch the lifeline now and move home with it. In Jesus Christ's name, may you receive it. <laughs>